This morning, go back to the book of Hebrew once again. We kind of, we were studying the fourth chapter for a good while, and we said, well, let's, we went back to chapter one and kind of started back here looking at some verses. And uh, we'll primarily be looking at verse three this morning, but I want to read the uh, book of Hebrew, the uh, first three verses. And it says, uh, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spoken times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So last week we had looked at uh, verse 2, and, and I want to just bring up again there, it says, uh, of course he spoke to us by his son, but says, uh, whom he hath appointed heir of, of all things, Jesus Christ Son of God, heir of all things. And, uh, of course, Jesus Christ being our elder brother, God also being our father, we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. What, how can our eternity look any brighter than realizing that we would be joint heirs with Jesus Christ? So this is talking about Jesus Christ, and then verse 3 goes uh, on to it a little more. It says, who being the brightness of his glory. Of course, Jesus Christ being the brightness of the glory of God. And the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the power, uh, uh, by the word of his power. When he hath by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So, <coughs> this verse describes who Jesus Christ is, as, of course, described in many different ways. And it makes, it also, made, this has made it clear that he has <coughs> power. Uh, he, it tells us who he is after making it clear that he has the power to do the work that was uh, given him to do. Uh, <coughs> it also shows us in this verse that he has... Uh, Beyond any shadow of a doubt, he has completed uh, that work, and the work is finished. It tells us that. So as we start out here, we'll look at a couple words. It says, who being the brightness of his glory. And, and I thoroughly enjoy looking at these words in the Greek or Hebrew, whichever it may be. But being the brightness of his glory. So here we have, and I will be the first to confess, I don't understand fully Jesus Christ and God and the Holy Spirit. They're three, yet they're one. This, we have the Son and the Father, but he said, I and my Father are, are one. So I, I can't fully understand that. Uh, we will, I will one day, but, but uh, on this earth, I don't think we'll ever fully understand that. But, but here it tells us a little more uh, about this. It's talking about Jesus Christ, who being the brightness of his glory, brightness of the glory of God. And uh, so 
The word brightness. Brightness means, in, in the uh, uh, Greek, to shine with splendor. But it also means off flash. Off flash. This word comes from two different words, two different uh, Greek words. And we look at those, it kind of brings them together. One of them means <clears throat> uh, off, away from something. That's one of the words that brightness comes from. The other means to beam or to shine. So if we take those two, put them together, to beam or to shine, and off, away from something, <clears throat> we get the word brightness, to shine with splendor, off flash. A word we might use more often is reflection. Reflection. Uh, <clears throat> we can look at the moon. And uh, sometimes I forget and don't think, I said, boy, the moon's really bright tonight. The moon's really shining. And the moon has no light at all. We realize that. It's simply a reflection of the sun. So what we see here, he's saying, is that Jesus Christ is a reflection of the Father. That's what it's really saying. He's the brightness of his glory. So it's just a reflection of the Father. And then we go on and says, and the express image of his person. And this is really saying the same thing, the express image. What does this mean, this is express image? It means uh, engrave a figure stamped. It means exact copy or representation. So after it said he's the, he's the reflection of God the Father, he's the brightness of his, of his image, and now it says he's the express image, exact copy or representation. So when we see... The Father and the Son, we see the Son, we see the Father. We see the Father, we see the Son. I can't fully put it all together, but that's what this is telling us. Um, so this is really, as we look at this, it's comparing Jesus Christ to God, isn't it? He's the brightness of, of God's glory. He's expressed image. He's exact copy uh, of, of his person. So... That brings to mind something else. It might be slightly off of my text, maybe, but I think it's a good time to bring it, bring it out. So it's comparing Jesus Christ to God. Brightness, uh, expressed image, exact copy. So comparing Jesus Christ to God, Jesus Christ to God. What would, what would you think if we compared Jesus Christ to the law of Moses? You say, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Well, think about it for a minute. Now, Jesus Christ compared to the Father is a, is a perfect comparison, isn't it? Oh, he's the, he's the uh, off-flash. He's the reflection of the Father. He's express image. He's the exact copy of the Father. So we can, we can see that somewhat, how they're, they're one. But how about if I would compare Jesus Christ to the law of Moses? Well, that's two completely different things, is it? And we've talked about many, many times. Is it really two completely different things? We know Jesus Christ and God is not. We saw the comparisons, the brightness, the reflection, the exact copy, express image. But what are, can we make that same comparison with the law in Jesus Christ? And again, maybe slightly off of my uh, text, but it's a good place to make this point. 
let's go to Hebrew chapter 10, and we'll see it's, it's not comparing Jesus Christ to the law of Moses or the law of Moses to Jesus Christ is exactly what we're supposed to do. It's exactly the way it is. Hebrew chapter 10 and verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of those things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered uh, uh, year by year continually make those who come to it perfect. The law is only a shadow of good things to come. Uh, Ali, yes, or Friday, I was in my office and, and uh, having a little meeting there with some people, and uh, somebody kind of snickered. And I don't know how, but up on the wall, I was here, I don't know how the light got down here, but there I was, my head was up there on the wall and, and uh, hands and everything. So after, and it was just so clear and so bright, my shadow was up there. So then I had to do the little rabbit thing up there and everything. But the shadow was what? It was just, it wasn't, I was the real thing. That was just a shadow. Now, we may call it a uh, uh, reflection. It's not really a reflection. It's kind of the opposite idea, isn't it? But we may call it an image, an expressed image maybe. It was the exact copy of me, so to speak. But was it me? <laughs> no, it wasn't me. Was it a picture of me? Yeah, it was a type or a shadow of me. It was my shadow. It didn't have uh, three ears and two noses. It was two ears and, and one nose. So it was the exact copy of me. It was a shadow. So what this is saying, the law, having a shadow of good things to come, it wasn't the very image. That shadow wasn't very image, but it was a shadow of me. So the law was a shadow of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was to come, but Jesus Christ was before the law also. Because that's why, you remember he told Moses, when Moses when was going to uh, start getting things together for the tabernacle and everything like that. And he told Moses, he says, now, of course, he, where did he give Moses the uh, uh, plans for the tabernacle and everything? Same, well, it's part of the law of Moses. When people talk about the law, they think Ten Commandments. There was hundreds of commandments and laws and ordinances, and even the, uh, the priesthood and the tabernacle was all part of the law of Moses. He gave it to him the same time up on Mount Sinai. Well, not the same time. He went up and down made several trips, but the same event. He gave him the law of Moses. Now, in, when he gave him the, uh, the plans and the articles for the tabernacle and everything, and then we have a, a couple of different times he told him, he said, now build it exactly according to the pattern that I've shown thee. So in the law, he says, okay, here's where the furnishings go, here's the badger skins, here's the boards and the sockets and all these things. And he says, now I want you to build it exactly according to the pattern that I've given you when you build it. Well, what difference does it make? Use badger skin or deer hide? They use linen or, or something else. Or if they use boards covered with silver or covered with lead. What difference does it make? Well, apparently it makes a difference because God reminded Moses. He said, now remember, you built exactly according to the pattern that I gave you. 
Why? I don't understand everything about the tabernacle. But what I do know, it all points to Jesus Christ. Not only the tabernacle, but everything in the law of Moses, if the Lord opens our eyes to it, it's a shadow or express image of Jesus Christ. And you remember uh, whenever uh, Philip went out and found Nathaniel, <clears throat> and he said, uh, he said, he said, Nathaniel said, we found him. Well, who did you find? He says, we found him. Of course, it was, he was talking about Jesus Christ. But what he, when he said, we found him, well, who did you find? We found of him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, Philip didn't have that knowledge ever. This was right after the Lord had called him. He spent time with the Lord. So he said, we found him. The one who Moses wrote about the law and the prophets. We go back and read the law, and you don't see the word Jesus Christ in there. You see sacrifices, which points to Jesus Christ. You see feast days, which points to Jesus Christ. You see one place in there, it says uh, that you're in the law, part of the law. Most people don't know it. But you're not to wear uh, two different types, or two, a, a garment made of two different materials. Just, that is a commandment just as much as, as uh, remember the Sabbath. Don't defile the Sabbath. Uh, is not to wear garments mixed with, with mixed fabric. And you say, well, how does that point to Jesus Christ? And I didn't know for many years. I thought, well, yeah, I'd use it as an illustration to show that the law has to be spiritual. But how, why, what, why would God say, I don't want mixed garments? How does that point to Jesus Christ? If we're going to take it literal, if we're going to take it physical, I'll say everyone here this morning has broken the law right now. My suit, I'm sure it's a blend of different materials. And it doesn't have to be just two different materials sewn together. If it's a blend, cotton and rayon or whatever, wool and whatever, uh, that's a blended garment. And you say, well, so? Well, why did God say that? I don't want you wearing that, he's told them, under the law of Moses. What is a garment? It's a covering. What is our covering? Jesus Christ and his shed blood. That's our covering. Remember Adam and Eve? Uh, what covering? What covered them? God took, shed the blood of an animal, and made them coats of skin. So it took a, the, a blood, and that was, that was just a type and shadow of Jesus Christ who was to come. So whenever we look at the, in the law when he says, you know, you don't wear these blended garments. Why? Because our covering is only Jesus Christ. Not Jesus Christ, and we'll mix a little bit of our free will in there, and our works, and our righteousness. Scripture says our righteousness is filthy rags. So we don't blend the blood of Jesus Christ and our righteousness and our choices and our decisions and all that. We don't, we don't mix that covering. It's just Jesus Christ and him crucified. So in the law, when it says that, that's just a shadow of Jesus Christ. In the law, which we studied on the fourth chapter, when it talked about rest, we talked about the Sabbath. When it talks about rest in the fourth chapter of Hebrews. And why do we have rest? It said, because the work was finished from the foundation of the world. 
What work was that? Jesus Christ was as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It was manifest a couple thousand years ago for us, but he was as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It was already in God's sovereign plan from the foundation of the world. And again, manifest a couple thousand years ago. So the work was finished from the beginning. So now, as far as my salvation, what work do I have for my salvation? I don't have any. It was finished back here. So what am I left with? Rest. So he is my rest. He is my Sabbath. Now, how would I defile my Sabbath? If I try to work for my salvation. I've defiled my Sabbath. I'm not resting in it. So, but, so in the Sabbath, in the garments we wear, all these things, it is a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. So we, uh, and many other places we could go and, and read that, by the way. But as we looked here, uh, comparing Jesus Christ with God, we, we can see that Jesus Christ is the brightness of God's glory. He's a reflection, express image, exact copy. We can say the same thing about the law of Moses. It's exact copy of Jesus Christ. That's why he told Moses, you build it exactly according to the pattern that I've shown thee. So then, oh, in this Hebrew, the third chapter back here again. And uh, it goes on then to say... Uh, uh, upholding all things by the word of his power. Upholding all things by the word of his power. So God sustains all things. How? By the word of his power. Uh, we could go back to uh, uh, creation, back in Genesis, and we have uh, creation, and we have uh, God creating. Now, do, we, do you picture God with a chemistry set or some kind of nuclear accelerators or something like that in creation? No. What did he do? Let there be light. What happened? <laughs> there was light by the word of his power. All the way through creation by the word uh, of his power. And uh, something I wanted to kind of slip my mind. I'll maybe have to look at it here. Uh, slip my mind, which a lot of things do. Oh. Uh, for he spoke and it was done he commanded and it stood fast so God he speaks and it's done and it stands fast so that's how he sustains all things by the word of his power now Jesus Christ was the same uh, the scripture says all power was given to him heaven and earth uh, I saw a little bit of a I think the Bible was a show or something like that and, and uh, it was a scene where Peter of course had sunk it 
Of course, they didn't have it in the proper, the way it should have been. But anyway, where Peter uh, was uh, on the water, and he began to look at the waves and so forth. But, and, and you remember another time whenever they were uh, uh, in the ship and the waves and everything, and the Lord just spoke to the waves, and they ceased by the word of his power. <clears throat> you remember when he resurrected Lazarus? Did he say, okay, roll the stone away and give me a set of those defibrillators and I'll go in there with so many volts and everything and maybe I'll give a shot of something in the heart and I'll shock him and I'll bring him to life. No. Lazarus, come forth. The word of his power. Uh, one that was uh, lame in his legs, you remember. Did the Lord go to him and said, now you probably got a pinched nerve here or you probably got a brain tumor or something here. Give me some scalpels and things and I'll work on this. <laughs> no, he said, take up thy bed and walk. Word of his power. So as with God, as with the Son uh, also. <clears throat> well, let's take that a little farther. I think we, all, we can all agree on this. The word of his power, he spoke things into existence, he healed, he raised the dead, just spoke, and, and it was so. Let, let's take it a little farther. I, I think we're grounded in this, and we can say, yes, that's, that's true. Uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter 46. Well, yeah, let's, let's go, it's better if we're looking at it. Isaiah chapter 46, or I... Yeah, Isaiah chapter 46. Now, our scripture said that he sustains all things with his word. God sustains all things by the power of his word, or the word of his power. <clears throat> so we talked about creation. We haven't talked about all things yet, have we? We talked about creation. We talked about raising Lazarus from the dead. talked about maybe healing the lame and so forth. <clears throat> but what about sustaining all things? That's what, the, that's what our text said. He sustains all things by the word of his power. So, yeah, he spoke things into existence. He raised the dead. He healed the lame. But that's not all things. But our scripture said he sustains all things by the word of his power. Isaiah chapter 46 and I'm going to read verse 9 and 10 together. Verse 9, just to tell you that verse 10, that he set apart from everyone else. Verse 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Now, he's going to give a description of himself in verse 10. This description fits him and only him. I think you'll see this fits what we're talking about. about he sustains all things through the word of his power. And let's see, verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So our, our lesson said that he, God sustains all things by the word of his power. Well, yeah, he sustains the earth. He raises the dead and, and etc. But all things, and this ties it into all things. He declared the end from the beginning. How did he do it? Well, he spoke it. We'll use that terminology. I don't know if God literally has to speak, but I think we know what we mean there. 
And from ancient times, the things have not yet come to pass. Now, it's about a quarter to 11, something like that. The rest of the day hasn't come to pass yet for me. But God, from ancient times, declared it. Power, the word of his power, he declared it. Now, he declared, let there be light. What happened? There was light. He said, Lazarus come forth. What happened? Lazarus come forth. Take, out bed, take up thy bed and walk. What happened? He was healed. Now, back here from ancient times, I don't have it recorded that I can read to you what this afternoon's going to be for me and for you. It's not recorded, but it was declared by the word of his power. So this afternoon, everything that's in my future, by the word of his power, he declared it. The end from the beginning. Ancient times, things have not yet come to pass. So my present, my future, and my past is all what God declared by the word of his power. Just as much as he spoke the world into existence, the light into existence, Raise the dead, also my entire uh, life and afterlife by the word of his power. And we can have uh, great uh, confidence in that, realizing that, well, yeah, he did speak the world into existence. He did raise Lazarus from the dead. He did these other things. So when our, our, our text said... Uh, upholding all things by the word of his power, I believe that just as strongly. So whatever he declared back here by the word of his power, it's going to come to pass just as much as that light and Lazarus come forth. I have no doubts at all. I don't know what it is. We sang the song. Uh, I don't know. There's many things I don't know about tomorrow. But I know who holds it. And he declared it back here. So we have peace. We have security. Because he sustains all things by the word of his power. Uh, so as we look at uh, the power and the authority, could he do the task? Upholding all things by the word of his power. Can he do the task? And, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna read verse three again. I'm back in one and three. Hebrew one and three. Who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So as we, as we look at this one, upholds all things by the word of his power, speaks things into existence, he speaks and it, it comes to pass. Could he do the task? And the task here we're looking at is purged our sins. That's the task we're focused on now. Purged our sins. Is he qualified? Is he able to fulfill this task. And there, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. 
Can he, you think he's just going to halfway do some of them? He's just going to purge part of the sins? Sins is what would separate us from our, my eternal salvation. And we won't get into exactly what those sins are, but sins would. But he purged them. Did he miss some? Is he qualified? Is he capable? He sustains all things by the word of his power. There, there are no doubts. <clears throat> but I want to focus on when he had by himself purged our sins. It's not a partnership. It's not, <clears throat> I'm the pilot and he's the co-pilot. It's not like one lady told me, well, the Lord's done all he can do, the rest's up to us. I know she meant well. What a terrible thing to say. That's as if he didn't do enough. We have to kind of help him out. I realize along that line that we want to uh, we want to think that we have part in it. Whenever I was talking about he declared the end from the beginning, from ancient time, things not yet, not yet come to pass. And even purging my sins, even my eternal salvation, my soul, that's all of him. And I, I was talking to one individual one time, I've mentioned so many times, he's no longer with us, but he says, you know, you'd like to think we have something to do with it. And I understand the statement. And I said, well, why would you like to think we have something to do with it? We're talking about the eternal salvation of our soul and election and so forth. And, and I said, you know, no, it's, it's God all the way. <laughs> he chose, he elected, he sent Christ, Christ purged my sins, this was before the foundation of the world, and I'll be presented whole without blame before him in love. And he said, well, you'd like to think we See, that leaves us out of it. We're, we're not out of it. That leaves us on the receiving end of all that. No active part, just a receiving part. And he said, you'd like to think we have something to do with it. And I was thinking this morning, when he said, he said, well, why, you'd like to think we have something to do with it. And I said, well, why would you like to think that? But I want to ask that question sincere this morning. Why would you like to think that? He's not the first one that felt that way. We'd like to think we have something to do with it. Why, why, would, you, why would we want to think that? Because it's our nature. And I'm, I'm going to go back to... Uh, Isaiah chapter 14. And, and I'm going to, you're, we're going to see here why we would like to think that. It's not true, but we're going to see why we would like to think that because that's our nature. We are from a fallen race. That's why we would like to think that we have something to do with it. We'd like to give us a little honor and glory. And I'm going to show where this, where this comes, why we feel that way. Or we felt that way, hopefully, but we feel that. Why would we want to think that we have something to do with it? Isaiah chapter 14. It's talking about Lucifer. And, and we're going to look at Lucifer and his doctrine. And again, we are from this fallen race. You know, Adam was deceived, and we have Adam's sinful blood, etc. But we're going to see here why we have this in us that we would like to think we have something to do with it. Isaiah. 14 and 13, speaking of Lucifer, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. 
I have a lot of eyes underlined in here. I will set upon the mount of the congregation the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. See all these eyes in here? Adam was deceived. We're this fallen race, and this is our nature. So when this individual who I cared a great deal for says, well, you'd like to think we have something to do with it. That's why we would like to think that. It goes all the way back to Satan. And we are this fallen race. Sure, we would like to think that. But it's not true. When we think we have something to do with it, then we have somewhat to honor and, and, and boast. But we have nothing. Again, we're just on the receiving end of it. So uh, <clears throat> he declared the end from the beginning, from ancient time, thing had not yet come to pass. He sustains all things by the word of his power. <clears throat> so <clears throat> in our text there, it says, uh, when he had by himself purged our sins. We might like to think we have something to do with it, but it says he by himself doesn't. There's no partnership here. He by himself purged our sins. God didn't need any help in creation. He doesn't need any help in this. I'm not saying there's no work for the servants of the Lord to do. There is work where it's called servants, and there is work and labor for us to do. But not. we don't want to devour our Sabbath in this labor. We don't uh, labor for the salvation of our soul. Jesus Christ, that work was completed before the foundation of the world. <clears throat> so he says he by himself purged our sins. Romans... Uh, Fifth chapter says, by the obedience of one, many were made righteous. How many today thinks it's, well, it's our obedience? It's not, we would like to think that because of our nature, wouldn't we? But it says, by the obedience of one, many were made righteous. Here it says, by himself purged our sins. We could go, and we're out of time, we could go uh, to Isaiah 53, where Jesus, God the Father saw the travail of the soul of Jesus Christ, and he says, I'm satisfied. He was satisfied with that price. So as we look at this this morning, <clears throat> talking about Jesus Christ, he who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. And then the last portion of it, Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Why did he sit down? Because the work was finished. And again, that's our Sabbath and that's our salvation. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.